0: hello and welcome to another fantabulous episode of the ost party this is a podcast where movie fans and music fans get together and have a rocking good time talking about all of your favorite movie soundtracks my name is joseph wade i'll be your host for this evening here with me tonight is my lovely and belligerent co-host, Libby Cudmore. Libby, what's shaking?
1: Oh, uh, it's another one of our On the Fives. I am really excited about this one. This is one I've wanted to do for a while.
0: This, yeah, this is one that's been a long time coming, and I, the closer we got to it, I realized like this is an episode that's going to make me cry like a baby.
1: <laughs> same, same.
0: <laughs> as big and fun as the Muppets are, there's a lot of, what do you call them, feels associated oh, yeah. with the Muppets.
1: All the feels. Uh, yes, as one of our On the Fives, we are counting down our top uh, top ten songs, five each, from the Muppets. So Muppet movies, uh, the Muppet show, kind of going going the whole range of Muppet-related music.
0: Yes, indeed. And before we get into that, we do have some old business from our last episode to conduct. Uh, so mm-hmm. let's just go over to Twitter and check out how the poll shook out from our last episode, where we talked about the... Uh, The Flintstones movie.
1: Which I've already blocked from my brain.
0: Uh, Me too. I just memory (laughs) hold that one so fast.
1: I actually went and bought the Screaming Blue Messiah's album with I Want to Be a Flintstone on it.
0: Oh, nice.
1: I found it the day after we recorded and was like, I like that song enough where I want to check these guys out. And it's great.
0: Yeah. And then like the day after we posted it, we found out they actually released like promotional copies of the soundtrack in a, a clamshell case. That's actually a literal clamshell.
1: That's so fucking dumb, and I love it.
0: It's the dumbest thing ever, and I have to have one.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so if any listener out there has one and would like to submit it to the OST Party for Preservation, you know our, our door is always open.
1: Yes, the OST Party archives.
0: Yes, indeed. <laughs> so the poll for the Flintstones soundtrack, we asked you what the best song on the soundtrack was. And with 50% of the vote, half of you people are wrong, because the, the winner of this poll was Bedrock Anthem by Weird Al Yankovic.
1: Yes, which, uh, not the best song on the album. Uh, that was Hit and Run Holiday, obvious, by <laughs> My Life with the Thrill Kill Cult, which was kind of a standout winner. That only got 20%, making it come in third place. Mm, you guys just do not love My Life with the Thrill Kill Cult enough.
0: Not as much as we do. It's a shame. Yeah. In second place with 25% are the BC-52s with Bedrock Twitch, mm-hmm. and with a paltry 5% of the vote. I want to be a Flintstone by screaming blue messiahs. What the hell I know, guys? guys, I
1: went and bought the album. I mean, it, it's not their best song. Let's, let's admit it. Luckily. Um,
0: I mean, we know that it, now.
1: Yes. Well, luckily nobody, nobody came to the defense of uh green jellies, anarchy and bedrock. Um,
0: Though we we did, we, we did, we did get tut tutted for not including um, in, in the days of the caveman by the crash test dummies, which i seem to recall suggesting we should do. So
1: I stand by my decision.
0: SMH Libby SMGDH
1: <sighs>
0: tut, tut, tut
1: as long as I can continue my crusade against green jelly. I will <laughs> sacrifice whatever I have to.
0: That is a okay with me.
1: I will not be happy until they are all dead by my hand. <laughs>
0: Any let's talk about things that aren't terrible. Shall we like yes. the Muppets?
1: The Muppets are universally beloved except for one guy in my office.
0: Oh, what he is... does
1: not like the Muppets, and he's the grouchiest man I know. So.
0: Oh, so he is a Muppet.
1: Yeah, he's just mad because he got second billing to the Muppets.
0: <laughs> exactly. So, uh, Libby, your history with the Muppets. Tell us about it.
1: I didn't grow up that much with the Muppets. Um, obviously, I watched Muppet Babies because you were legally required as a child to watch Muppet Babies. Of course. And and this is where you say, whoa, because you're supposed to. Oh. It's the catchiest theme song in the world. No, you don't <laughs> it's like that and DuckTales require it's a call and response <laughs> um, but my, my love of the Muppets probably solidified when I saw Muppet Treasure Island which is still my favorite Muppet movie mm. and it kind of went from there but um, it's that and the uh, Muppet Family Christmas which I remembered seeing on TV when I was a kid I think we had it taped and then the tape got eaten or we lost it or something because for years I thought about it and could never find it again until the advent of YouTube. But those are my two favorite Muppets uh, sort of associated. I very rarely, I don't know why I didn't watch the Muppet show. I don't know if it just wasn't on when I was home or what, but I've I've come back to the Muppet show and I've been quite delighted. What about you?
0: (laughs) I want to say my first exposure to the Muppets was probably like one of the Christmas albums they did. I, for some reason, I distinctly recall like the, the Muppets doing 12 Days of Christmas being like a formative memory for me. <laughs> I think on TV, I want to say it was Muppets Tonight in the 90s,
1: mm-hmm. but like the
0: 90s Muppet show, which I, I remember liking a lot. And my parents liked it a lot because my parents, they loved the Muppets when it was on in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. So they were like, oh, of course, we'll sit Joseph down in front of this and like let him watch it. But I didn't really get into the movies until like well into college.
1: Like okay. any of them.
0: And you know, I'm a Christmas guy, so of course I'm going to gravitate to the Muppet Christmas Carol. But I also have kind of a soft spot in my heart for Muppets from Space, which unfortunately we're not going to get to talk about tonight cuz there are no original songs in it. Mm-hmm. But that one is is kind of underrated, I think. I think people gave that one a bad rap for some reason.
1: Yeah, that's why friend Matthew's favorite. Um people People will go to bat for Muppets from Space. Um, have you seen a Muppet Family Christmas?
0: We just did an episode of that for Christmas Creeps a couple months ago, which is the first time I'd ever seen it.
1: <gasps> oh, you're missing out! It's so great. But
0: I loved it. Yeah, it's, it's lovely yeah, weather for a bear and a
1: snowman like you.
0: And I, I almost included a song from that in tonight's uh, countdown, but alas, uh, there's just too much to cover tonight.
1: I know. Oh, I'm um, so. I I almost did the same, but I I had to make some space for a couple others. So and we were getting really heavy on the Christmas stuff. So
0: that's true. Yeah, I, I my list was going to be three Christmas songs and yeah. two non. Just, it's like something had to go.
1: <laughs> but I think I think we get a good a good cover in here. Yeah. So who's your favorite Muppet?
0: Ooh. This week I watched like all of the Muppet movies up to Muppets from Space, and I gotta say. I think Lou Zealand is my favorite Muppet.
1: <laughs> okay, He's I just can see that. He's just such a
0: weird character, and he has this weird fixation with fish, and that's like all he cares about, and I love him.
1: <laughs> yeah, Lou's pretty wild. Um, my favorite is Gonzo.
0: Oh, how do you I not just, love Gonzo? I
1: just love Gonzo. He's such a fucking weirdo, and I just have a real soft spot for him. In second place, I'd have to say I've always loved uh, Miss Piggy. Because she's Mm. fashionable, and she's a woman who knows what she wants. I gotta say, lately, I have had an affection for Scooter.
0: I don't know why. I don't know. I can kind of see you as a Scooter fan. I don't know why.
1: I guess, but he's sort of like if Rivers Cuomo was a Muppet. (laughs) You know, you know that Scooter would lecture you about Pinkerton. You just know it.
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah.
1: I don't know. Maybe he's got a bunch of Morrissey singles that I've never heard. So he's an emo Muppet, but I'm kind of here for it.
0: Scooter's too in love with the process of the Muppets to actually be a Muppet. Yeah. So. I, I think if I'm picking like a main line, like one of the, the A-list Muppets, I guess I'm going to have to be a Fozzy man because like
1: mm-hmm.
0: I just I connect with a, a bad comedian, you know, like he's trying yeah. so hard. He just wants to make people laugh.
1: He's my husband's favorite, too. Also, Rolf. Rolf is a great Muppet.
0: Rolf is very chill. I'm a fan. So,
1: yeah. And Rolf is actually the singer of our first song.
0: Ooh, that's a nice segue. How is
1: that? Um, so here we have from the Muppet show, we have Rolf uh, singing Coddleston Pie. <laughs> Let's go to a clip. Coddleston, Coddleston, Coddleston pie. A fly can't bird, but a bird can fly. Ask me a riddle, and I reply. Coddleston, Coddleston, Coddleston pie. Rolf is the Tom Waits of the Muppets. <laughs> if you made Tom Waits into a Muppet, it would be Rolf. Just like if you made Rivers Cuomo to a Muppet, it would be Scooter.
0: Okay, we, we, we cannot do this, otherwise we'll be here all day.
1: <laughs> we <laughs> so, can, and we will.
0: So tell us about this song, Lee. Where does this come from?
1: So this comes from uh, a Winnie the Pooh story. And this is something that Winnie the Pooh would uh, say to himself. He'd say, Coddleston Pie. And Rolf uh, covers it. This has been set to music before, um, but Rolf took to his piano. And sang this uh, because he likes the song. Because it's what uh, Winnie the Pooh sang whenever his brain felt fluffy. And I (laughs) love that it's just this light little tune. It's very charming. And he sort of narrates throughout the song. He's like, this is where the song changes key. Uh, Modulation. It's in G-sharp minor.
0: Oh, G-sharp minor.
1: Yeah. He makes these (laughs) little notes. Um, And... I think one of the things I like about this song is that I, like a fish or Rolf, can't whistle either. And my brain often feels floppy. So I was just like, hmm, yeah, a pie.
0: I know the feeling.
1: Yeah. Rolf is a deeply underrated
0: Muppet. I think what I love about like this song and a lot of the, the Rolf stuff is that like, it's obvious that Jim Henson just plain loved that song Yeah, and just decided, like, this is my show. I can do whatever I want. I want to put this song in my show and you can't stop me.
1: Yeah, and it's just there's a lot of love. Um, one of the things I don't like about the contemporary Muppets is following Jim Henson's death. Uh, the performers all agreed that Rolf wouldn't speak; he would be present, but he wouldn't speak, and that was out of tribute to Jim Henson. And
0: mm-hmm. they broke
1: that when they sold it to Disney, which infuriates me.
0: Uh, well, in 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 the uh, we'll talk about it briefly later on, but the 2011 Muppets movie. I think Rolf's like one and only line in the entire movie is like, they do a montage where they're collecting all the Muppets to do the show. And Rolf is like hanging out in a hammock somewhere. And they just like, Hey Rolf, you want to come do the show with us? And he goes, yeah, okay. And that's it. <laughs> that's all he says.
1: Yeah. He does have a couple lines, lines um, as we'll get to in, in our last song of the night. But honestly, wouldn't you love to hear Rolf singing? Like the piano has been drinking or like something off small change sure wouldn't you just love that
0: uh yeah of course
1: you See, don't know what i'm talking about do you I,
0: it's a tom waits reference i know it is because okay. i know you <laughs> but in, in that moment you got me thinking about it, all muppets version of mystery men and rolf is definitely the tom waits character
1: <laughs> oh my god yes please <laughs> I mean, also more than once i have flipped over to the 2k channel on pluto and seeing just, like, the faintest hints of Smash Mouth and nope right on out of there.
0: Oh, my God. No, no, no. No, thank you. <laughs>
1: we will have none of that. Not tonight. <laughs> Get
0: behind me, Smash Mouth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I just, I really like this. Of all the songs from uh, the Muppet Show album, it's probably this and Menomina. Mm -hmm. but are my favorites um and everyone's always like "Ooh, halfway down the stairs robin is the walter of muppets of old muppets i
0: was gonna say excuse me
1: i don't like robin okay (laughs) i think he's a saccharine little monster
0: he's a literal child
1: i don't care
0: (laughs) i mean i don't have any great affection for robin but i don't know how you can say you hate him
1: I didn't say I hate him. I said I just don't like him. Okay. Well, no, hate is a word I reserve for Walter.
0: That is fair. That's 100% <laughs> fair. And we'll talk about Walter, Walter later because we both have some, some feelings about Walter. We hate Walter. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, let's, let me, let's, we need to keep this show moving. So, so uh,
1: moving right along.
0: Huh, oh, uh, nice.
1: Into uh, the Muppet movie is Moving Right Along by Kermit and Fozzie. Let's go to a clip.
0: Moving right along in search of good times and good news With good friends you can't lose This could become a habit Opportunity knocks once Let's reach out and grab it yeah. Together we'll nab it We'll hitchhike bus or yellow cab it Cab Moving right along
1: Footloose and fancy freaks Getting
0: this is the one, out of all these songs, I have been humming to myself all week.
1: Oh, yeah. It gets stuck in your head, and it just does not go away.
0: It is the perfect road trip song. It
1: absolutely is. Whenever I take a road trip, uh, it's this and Hang On St. Christopher by Tom Waits. Those are mm. non-negotiables. Like Those are played at the top of any road trip. Of course. You just you have to. Um, and my husband, uh, who is Fozzie in a lot of ways will frequently just say cabot like, for no reason. Cabot? It's adorable. <laughs> it's one of his like cuter, cuter traits.
0: Uh, I love the, the all the little like asides in the song that uh, Fozzie gives. Like, oh, a bear in his natural habitat.
1: A Studebaker?
0: A, stu- a Studebaker. <laughs> <laughs> it's so silly. Um, I love it.
1: And yeah, and I love the, yeah, I do love those asides and it reminds me a little bit, you know, as they're talking about driving they're clearly going in loops and circles because my brain has been poisoned by this podcast all i could think of was well, i thought the rocky mountains would be rockier
0: <laughs> god damn it well they kind of do that joke where uh, at one point in the song uh fozzy says they've made it to rhode island and kermit's like what yeah because <laughs> they were they're they're, kept, they're going to hollywood from louisiana and at some point fozzy says oh yeah we made it to rhode
1: island Yeah, Some uh, Sadly, we just left rhode island what yeah. Just forget it. Um, and we talk about, on this podcast, we've talked about a lot of road trip movies, and the Muppet movie would be another one in that series.
0: Yeah, it's like is one it? of the quintessential road trip movies.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I, I think, ugh, I miss road trips. I miss them so much. Uh, it's been a while since I've been on one, like a real one.
0: Yeah, and the thing right now is like, you can take a road trip, you just can't go anywhere.
1: Yeah, and and that's
0: get, what's, what's the fun in that?
1: Yeah, well, getting there is half the fun. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, oh,
0: you know, I'll take half a fun trip versus no trip.
1: Yeah. Now, in in any road trip, are you Kermit or Fozzie? Are you the driver, or the navigator?
0: I'm I'm the Fozzie.
1: Okay. I'm
0: I'm the driver, and I'm also constantly talking, and you can't shut me up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm always the Kermit. I hate to drive, uh, so I'm always the one with the map. Um, and what I love about this song and what I love about the dynamic between Kermit and Fozzie is that you they both sort of understand you really do have to have a certain dynamic, a moving right along dynamic in any road trip, because it, re- it requires a certain temperament. You have to be able to roll with the punches. You have to be able to be present in the moment mm-hmm. and think, you know what? We're going to pull off at this funky roadside attraction or it if we get lost, we'll get back on the road again. You know, should it be snowing? No, I don't think so. Yeah. And I love that. Like that, this song is a perfect model of how to behave on a road trip. Whatever happens, good or bad, you just have to be present to it. And I love that.
0: Exactly. And you always have uh, to keep moving right along.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's the only way you're going to get there. They did a Zoom version of this uh, for New Year's. Wow. So with them, you know, in their their Zoom. And it's absolutely charming. Uh, we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> All it's
0: right, adorable. sounds it's good. It's really
1: sweet. Um, it's the new voice actors, obviously. Um, but they they do it justice.
0: Well, speaking of the new voice actors, did you see that that uh, interview with Frank Oz that came out this week?
1: I did not.
0: Where like they're they're talking to him about like his legacy with the Muppets, and he he basically like comes clean and says, since two thousand and nine, Disney has just never called him back about doing Muppets ever again because according to him they don't like the way he wants the direction he would take with the Muppets so he's basically well, they
1: took in a terrible direction and essentially drove the franchise into the ground so I'm not they, sure
0: and apparently they want to keep it there because they have yeah. appar- they have still not called him back and I hate Jesus that Christ. for Frank Oz because like he's he's the like he's basically the only like original Muppet guy yeah. still left right
1: uh that I don't know
0: yeah I mean, I'm sure um I'm sure a couple of them are still around but like he's he like, he was right there with Jim Henson. He's the guy. Yeah. He's so, OG. So
1: he's, that's despicable.
0: He's, well, yeah. Disney
1: sucks. I'm sorry. They it's,
0: do. it's fair. It's, you're it's, totally right.
1: Yeah.
0: But yeah, we'll so, put that in the show notes too, because it's just kind of a sad read.
1: Yeah. Poor Frank so. Oz. Hot <laughs> to more, yeah, Speaking, we're heading into the uh, the bummer part of the series.
0: <laughs> Speaking of sad things, <laughs> let's move on to our next song. Uh it's it's Gonzo's big uh I want song from the Muppet movie. It's, I'm going to go back there someday.
1: Get your hankies out, everybody.
0: <laughs> There's not a word yet for old friends who've just met part heaven, part space. Or have I found my place? You can just visit, but I plan stay i'm going to go back there
1: someday <laughs> this song is so sad it's so sad it's so sad
0: this hits me so hard oh, i know what God. this feels like yes
1: i know what it feels like in like three different ways why'd you pick <laughs> this one
0: because i a hundred percent identify with it like I get this this song and this song kind of gets me and I, I feel like it would be a disservice if we didn't pick one of the tearjerker songs from the original Muppet movie. Like yeah. ev- everybody knows Rainbow Connection and everybody cries to it, <laughs> but we don't really talk about, I'm going to go back there someday.
1: And no, can, it's too sad.
0: It's too sad. Well, that's that's why we don't talk about it, but it's just, you know, it's Gonzo having a very personal moment where he realizes what he wants to do with his life. And all of a sudden he can't do it you know he yeah. wants to be the the, dare, the the daredevil flying through the sky and all of a sudden that dream has been dashed and he has a sad song about it.
1: Well there's a couple different reads on it um because we don't know where Gonzo comes from.
0: Yeah, that too.
1: And so is he looking for where he belongs in the diaspora? He doesn't know where he is or who he is.
0: In, in the the and, whatever diaspora? Uh,
1: yeah. And that is just such a A twist, especially as we think about everything that's going on with refugees in Afghanistan with people fleeing uh, climate disasters uh, down south and from Ida. And it's just like right now is not the fucking time, Gonzo. It's just not the fucking time. It's so sad, but it's such a song we need.
0: That's the uh, thing. It is the time. It's never not the time for yeah. a song like this because, like, everybody has that moment in their life where they're like, I know where I want to go. I know what I want to do. I just don't know how to get there.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm going through that right now in my writing career. Like, <laughs> oh, I could see it. I'm so close.
0: Just, yeah. I mean. I'm going
1: to go back there someday.
0: I mean, I've, I've watched my dream career evaporate right in front of me. I don't know what to do about it. Oh, I'm, no. I'm, I'm here now. I'm doing a podcast instead of writing about movies. So uh, I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and in a in a weirder sense, this song kind of sort of accidentally inspired Muppets from space because they I think they kind of misread that song and said well where did where did Gonzo come from, and where is yeah. he going back to? And that's what yeah. that whole movie's about.
1: I love that. Gonzo's reunited um, he is. but i I love the line. There's not a word yet for friends you've just met.
0: yes, that's it's
1: very true, and especially in this like a very interconnected but somehow distant like we've known each other for what like five years now
0: yeah something like that never and actually met you before in real
1: yeah. life yeah yeah but like week after week we're here
0: we're here and we're plugging away at this and this is you know this is our friendship you're hearing live yeah. on the air folks
1: <laughs> so oh that's i love that now just imagine if someone like josh groban busted this out like the world would just drown in tears it's to be too sad
0: yeah, yeah, Global warming—it got shit on Josh uh, Groban. Josh
1: Groban singing,
0: drowning the earth in tears.
1: Yeah, we'd cry a river and drown the whole world. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, it's too well, heavy, but it's, so good.
0: Yeah, it's it's the best. And I think there's an AV Club article about this song, and they basically they say you're either a Rainbow Connection person, or an "I'm going to go back there someday" person. And I think I'm a,
1: I'm a uh, gonna go back there someday person.
0: Me too, one hundred percent.
1: Yeah, I did sing the Rainbow Connection in a talent show once. Oh, nice! Yeah, that wasn't as good as Debbie Harry singing it, but who is really? No,
0: there? oh, of course.
1: I do have frog legs. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess last thing I'll mention about this song and moving right along, they're both written by uh, Paul Williams, who was a big singer songwriter in the in the seventies, and we'll we'll catch you back up with him shortly because he uh, wrote some of the other songs on our list. Yes. But but before we get there, let's move on to the sequel, The Great Muppet Caper, which begins with a big sort of song and dance number, a big kind of show tune called "Hey, a Movie." <laughs> let's go to a clip. There'll be spectacle. There'll be fantasy. There'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. Hey, a movie! Yeah, we're gonna be a movie. Starring.
1: Be heroes, bold. Be comedy. And a lot of that ends for us happily. Hey, we can watch it all everybody.
0: You don't even need the rest of Grip M- Caper. This song is enough.
1: Yeah, I'm a big I'm a sucker for these big mid-century kind of musical numbers. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say one of my picks later on does it slightly better, but this one is. Very, very, very charming. I like that they're like, it's going to be terrific. Like, well, that sets my expectations high and doesn't dash it. This is the movie I know, the Muppet movie that I know the least of all the ones I've seen.
0: This is the one where I think, like, they've made the Muppet movie and they've established everything. And now it's like they're putting the, just throwing the Muppets into, like, um, a movie. So they're Mm -hmm. just playing with the conventions of, like, film storytelling and stuff. Yeah. The song is all about... Hey, we're throwing Kermit and Fozzie and Gonzo into this Diamond Heist story. They're gonna be playing journalists and photographers, and it's going to be a big, flashy, uh, you know, spectacle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's the whole song. So you get yeah. like they're they're singing and dancing on the street, and all this chaos is going on behind them. There's there's basketball players and bakers and painters and bicyclists, and everything <laughs> is just falling apart behind them, but they don't notice it because they're too involved with their own story and the song they're singing.
1: Yes, and um, I feel like contemporary films and television don't break the fourth wall as well as this does. People used to write for breaking the fourth wall a lot better.
0: Right. And And this is such a great example of it. Yeah, it still kind of operates on the logic of like the Muppet show where they're just trying to put on a a show for you to be entertained by.
1: And now they're putting on a movie for you. Um, Exactly. I feel like uh, Schmigadoon... Tried to do this again straight with the the mid-century musical and everything, didn't do it as well.
0: My dad loves that show. It's and I haven't got, haven't had okay. the heart to watch it.
1: It's not bad. It's just not that great. Oh, okay. Eh. If to... you want if you want a TV musical, uh, you go for Gallivant.
0: Oh, yeah, Gallivant is like the gold standard as well, far yeah. as that goes.
1: Alan Mencken <laughs> wrote it.
0: Of course. But like the best part of this song is in the middle of this song and dance number is is like the start of the actual like conflict of the movie, which is a a diamond heist where Charles Grodin shows up and steals diamonds from Diana Rigg. <laughs>
1: Seems and, rude, but okay. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but like the the co- the constant uh, refrain of the song, you know, the movie starring starring everybody and me.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: And there's that one bit where Charles Grodin turns to the camera and goes and me, <laughs> and it's the creepiest thing in in any Muppet movie, and I love it. <laughs> the other part of that movie that we won't really get to touch on is that like the running subplot is that Charles Grodin falls in love with Miss Piggy, who is also trying to steal diamonds. <laughs> and Miss
1: Piggy is an icon.
0: She's the best. And you really believe that Charles Grodin is in love with this pig puppet. Yeah. For better really or did. for worse. And
1: he's talked about it. Yeah. Like <laughs> he's praised her beauty. <laughs>
0: and yeah I, I, I do again I just love this whole kind of let's put on a show dynamic and I think that's mm-hmm. what works so well about the Muppets
1: yes they're they're at their best when they are self-aware yes in a lot of ways
0: and speaking of putting on a show that's exactly what happens in our next song Libby take yes. it away
1: uh, the next one is Somebody's Getting Married from Muppets Take Manhattan let's go to a clip somebody
0: get some flowers yeah. somebody get a ring Somebody get a chapel and a choir to sing. Somebody get an organ to play. Cause somebody's getting married today. Somebody get a preacher. Somebody make a king.
1: And again, speaking of like the mid-century musical, they lean so deeply into the final scene of the show vibe because it's part of their show And it's an actual wedding. Yes. And I could not love that more. I wish it was that easy to plan a wedding.
0: Yeah. It's just like
1: somebody get a cake and an organ and.
0: Somebody get this stuff because we're having this wedding today.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, um, okay, well, I booked my, you know, my venue a year in advance. Um, I got to say, again, going on to Miss Piggy. She buys a negligee in a children's film. She says the word negligee. Yep. And that they need to get a room. And Kermit and Miss Piggy canonically fuck.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
1: I love that for them. I'm so happy for them. And that they made them get divorced in the new one. I'm like, eat shit,
0: Disney. (laughs) really.
1: Kermit and Miss Piggy are married. They're forever. And I don't accept that as canon. I refuse. I don't have to.
0: If you take every America. Muppet film in order as canon, in the next film they actually have children, but it's but that's Muppet Christmas Carol, so it doesn't kind of
1: yo. That's count. that goes back to the putting on a show,
0: right? But so. it's like you, you get the progression of like the first film they meet, and the second film they're kind of like doing the back and forth, and the third film they get married, and the fourth film they have kids.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, this was no joke. The entrance music for my bridesmaids. Really? At my wedding, yes. That's I, awesome. when, I could not re- like recommend that more. Um, I love it. It made everybody very happy. My <laughs> my uh, my entrance music was uh, the ice dance from Edward Scissorhands.
0: Oh, and lovely!
1: Everybody cried, including me. Um, <laughs> we did not have a penguin choir, alas. If you can spring uh, for the penguin choir, you're gonna have to book them a couple years in advance. You're not gonna get them day of.
0: I but live I to. live uh I live not far from a science center that has a tank full of penguins. I could probably pull that off.
1: <laughs> you could pull off the penguin choir. Yeah. It'll be a penguin heist and you'll teach them.
0: Yes, um, exactly.
1: The second half of this song, though, isn't as good as the first. It's an excellent interpretation of Pachelbel's canon. It's very sweet, but it's and I love their vows. I
0: mm-hmm. feel like
1: that's how I feel about my husband. But I mean, it's really hard to top the first half of somebody's getting married. It's, it's exciting. It's like, it's like confetti. If confetti was a song, it's somebody's getting married from Muppets take Manhattan.
0: Oh yeah. But the second half of the song is, it's also a big tearjerker because like, I can imagine seeing this for the first time in the, in the mid eighties and being like, this is the end of the Muppets. Like they're getting married. They're all moving on to other things. This is the end. Oh. And the franchise ends on a wet, like a big fancy wedding where not just all of the Muppets show up, all of the Sesame Street characters show mm-hmm. up for it. Like, it's yeah. that important. <laughs> <You> yeah. <know?
1: laughs>
0: and like it, it to me, it all, it kind of feels like like the Muppet, like Jim Henson and Frank Oz and everybody, they're trying to entertain you as hard as they can because like they already know their foots out the door and they're just trying to like distract you.
1: I never thought of it that way, and it might be because I came back to it. Like mm-hmm. I didn't see them in any sort of order, so I knew that they continued making movies after Henson's yeah. very untimely death. We just want to say that 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 should that should have never happened, frankly.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, like, and I, I was I was watching a, a thing about Jim Henson the other day where they were talking about uh, Great Muppet Caper and how the only reason that movie got made was because it was the only way he could convince them to let him do Dark Crystal was if he did a Muppet sequel first. Okay. So like you've okay. got Jim Henson who clearly wants to do other things and they keep making him do Muppet movies. So in that sense I kind of I kind of understand that like yeah this is the this is the end for a while for Muppets. Yeah. Like okay. they do they do TV specials like like you said uh Muppet Family Christmas mm-hmm. in the late 80s and that's fantastic. Like every time they yeah. did something like that it always worked.
1: Yeah, I did not know that. Again, like I said I was coming to them sort of backwards. Yeah. Um, Very cool. Yeah. Very sad, but... Very sad, um,
0: because knowing kind of what's coming, yeah, that's very sad, because in, what, 1990 or 91, Jim Henson would pass away.
1: Yes, but we also, uh, out of this, got Labyrinth. That's true. And David Bowie's crotch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Frank Oz got to do Little Shop of Horrors, so I'm okay with it.
1: Yeah, so we ultimately... Closing out the Muppets for a little while gave us so much.
0: Oh, so much joy, and then... I, I really feel like so. Yeah, Muppet Christmas Carol feels like after Jim Henson passed away, like his death was the only reason that movie exists because it, everybody is just in mourning, and that's kind of what you feel in the movie. And then the two songs that I picked that I'm I'm gonna play back to back next kind of feed into that. Okay. So we've got from the Muppet Christmas Carol, we've got uh, the first coming up is the song "It Feels Like Christmas," which is a song that that occurs as the Ghost of Christmas Present is showing Scrooge What's going on on Christmas Day The things that he's missing on Christmas Day So let's go to a clip of that
1: It's going home and getting warm by the fire It's true wherever you find love It feels like Christmas A cup of kindness that we share with another A sweet reunion with a friend or a brother In all the places you find love
0: It feels like Christmas It is the season of the heart. I love this number because you can see the exact moment where Scrooge starts to have a change of heart. And it's near the very end of the song, the final reprise where the ghost is singing and dancing. And you look over at Michael Caine, who has been like Mr. Grumpy Face the entire movie. And all of a sudden, <laughs> he's grinning and he's dancing along, too. And it's just such a sweet little moment. It. Aww. <laughs> it... Like, a, a lot of the Muppet songs make me cry because they're so sad. This one kind of makes me cry because it's just so happy.
1: <laughs> oh, well, now I feel bad because I didn't love this one. I guess because I like my Muppets a little more sarcastic. Again, like, bringing the fourth wall. Um, and or maybe this one, the way it sounds, is giving me, like, Christmas cantata flashbacks. And I'm just not ready to it, address those yet.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is of the two that i'm gonna play here it's the one that's like most like a regular christmas song like you could probably hear this on the radio Mm
1: -hmm. but that's
0: that's okay and i mean i i appreciate that for what it is
1: yeah i came to muppet christmas carol very late Mm -hmm. um and i think muppet family christmas is is still my preferred muppet christmas vehicle
0: i can't argue like it's i i i I agree it's great yeah and i two great flavors
1: yeah, and I mean, I'm just, I'm not a huge fan of A Christmas Carol anyway, so I, I watched this one time, I think I watched it the first time, like, two or three years ago while wrapping presents, mm. and it was nice, it was, like, it was a nice um, way to spend an afternoon sort of getting in the Christmas spirit. Also, Rizzo, deeply underrated Muppet.
0: A little Rizzo goes a long way for me. I love Rizzo. I, he's, he, he's a bit much, if I'm honest.
1: No, we'll it's, talk more about Rizzo later. Uh Rizzo. <laughs> okay. yeah, your, your next song is also from...
0: <laughs> My next song, yeah, is also from *Muppet Christmas Carol. But before I get to it, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Paul Williams, because Paul Williams yes. came back to do the songs for this movie. And I found an article, an interview that Paul Williams did with Vulture a few years ago, where he talked about the music from this movie and what he was going through when he wrote the songs. And apparently the 80s for him was just one long drug bender. And we kind of kind of didn't see Paul Williams for a long time. And right around the time Jim Henson passed away, he went into rehab.
1: Oh. And
0: okay. and literally he, he says, like, within a week or two of coming out of rehab, he got the call from the Muppet studio and asked him to write Christmas songs for a Christmas carol adaptation. Okay. And I look at the lyrics to Thankful Heart and all I can see is this is a guy coming to grips with his drug addiction and coming out of it and realizing that the world is a better place for him having gone through rehab.
1: I love that.
0: Which is, I realize that's like super heavy, but, you know, it, it works for the Scrooge yeah. character because he also having this huge change of heart at the end. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and listen to a little bit of Thankful Heart.
1: With a thankful heart, with an endless joy, with a growing family, every girl and boy will be nephew and niece to me. and peace to me love hope and peace to me yes and every night will end and every day will start with a grateful prayer and a thankful heart oh i i this one i warm to it and i'm I, i'm very i have like a playlist of christmas music that is allowed in my house mm-hmm. and then no so I'm very, like, I'm very wary about Christmas music, and mm-hmm. there's, like, a whole complicated thing about that we're not going to get into. But I really did like this one. I think I'm going to have to add this to my Christmas mix probably after, um, Between Father Christmas by the Kinks and Christmas Card from a Hooker in Minneapolis by Tom Waits. Um,
0: Both excellent choices.
1: Yes, maybe, uh, get Tale of New York in there. I have my bummer Christmas songs. Um, <laughs> I... If This one's, it's still corny, but I I do love it. And I do love Beaker.
0: Oh, Beaker's so good at this.
1: <laughs> uh, Mike Nelson, in his book, uh, Mind Over Matters, talked about having a college professor who looked exactly like Beaker the Muppet. <laughs> he said oh, wow. one time he got his whole body stuck inside a desk.
0: <laughs> Was he George Costanza, too?
1: <laughs> he, like, he put his hand down in a hole in the desk, like in the middle of a lecture, and I couldn't get it out, like no one would help him.
0: Oh <laughs> that's terrible. That's hilarious.
1: <laughs> I know. That's what I always think of when I see Beaker. <laughs> Maybe.
0: Oh, poor Beaker.
1: I know, poor Beaker.
0: Yeah, but like that again, that moment at the beginning of this song where Beaker gives uh Scrooge his his red scarf and Scrooge just seems so touched that somebody would yeah. give him a gift. It's very sweet, and then know. and then Michael Caine, God bless him. Michael Caine is great in this movie. He is not a singer,
1: no. And I think he's that
0: not. I think that makes it work better.
1: Yeah, it, he kind of sells it. And his whole heart is in it.
0: He's because like yeah, Scrooge is a guy who's like out of practice for being being good and nice, so it, it oh. makes sense that he's kind of rusty at this. <laughs> but that last that last uh, verse just it hits me right in the heart, and it makes me feel. It's the kind of thing that made me want to do a podcast about Christmas movies in the first place because he, he sings um, with an open heart. It's wide awake. I do make this promise. Every breath I take will be used now to sing your praise and to beg you to share my days with a loving guarantee that even if we part, I will hold you close with a thankful heart. It's
1: uh, the,
0: kind of, the kind of thing that makes me want to, you know, it, c- celebrate the holidays with my friends all year round. You yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's so it's, sweet.
0: It's it's the best. It's the best of what I think Christmas is supposed to be. And yeah,
1: and you invite me on all your worst Christmas movies.
0: <laughs> yes, I'm I I'm
1: genuinely touched by those. I,
0: really. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it if we weren't friends. <laughs> well, so now I'm that I'm a fucking
1: beaker to your buns and honeydew, <laughs> you,
0: that's that's correct, Libby. <laughs> So now that I've completely <laughs> bummed everybody out, uh, Libby, I'm going to trust no. you to bring things way back up because no, the next you actually film... like
1: uplifted me somehow. I actually feel like very like <laughs> bathed in light.
0: Libby, you're my friend and I love you, but there's there's got to be something better out there for us. <laughs>
1: yes, indeed, um, and that is something better from Muppet Treasure Island, sung by Kevin Bishop, uh, Gonzo, oh. and Rizzo.
0: Rizzo again.
1: It's To see, and I know this life I'm living can't be my destiny. There's gotta be something better. Something better. There's gotta be something better than this for me. This is my favorite Muppet movie.
0: I get it. I 100% get it.
1: This one cracks me up. My sister and I, my sister Hillary, who I've talked about before on this podcast. I uh, quote this endlessly. We always have. I had this on tape.
0: Oh wow! Nice. Just
1: it just cracks me up. Um. Now Kevin Bishop, uh, is a boy soprano, which I've come to appreciate. At first, I thought it was weird, just like why is this child's what Like why is this guy's voice so high? It sounds all weird and squeaky. As an adult, I've come to appreciate the the boy soprano, um. And this one, sort of like how I'm going to get back there someday gets mm-hmm. you. This one gets me like right in the feels because I love big sweeping string arrangements, as we've talked about many times before. And it's even better because it's punctuated by Rizzo and Gonzo commenting. Yeah. And my my favorite line is as, Kevin, as he's he just wants to get out of this life being a dishwasher, in this inn, he says, "I feel like the world is passing me by." And Gonzo says, "It is," (laughs) and that cracks me up because I like I feel that I feel that very deeply, and I felt that even as a child, I'm feeling this sense of small town drudgery of sort of looking around and thinking, "I've got to get the fuck out of this place." Um, that that has stuck with me like even now as an adult on i actually like tear up when he says and i know this life i'm living can't be my destiny like i'm an adult i have a good job i have this great podcast um i have a wonderful husband but like there's still that little part of me that's like i i don't want to let myself settle ever there's got to be something better
0: yeah that nagging feeling that there's got to be something missing Right. Yeah.
1: The, and, and whether that's the next step in my career or, you know, or I don't know what, but I never want to just simply like settle down and I want to be content, but I don't want to be boring. Exactly. So um, that kind of thing has driven me for my whole life. So well, I don't know if that's uplifting, but... <laughs>
0: Careful what you wish for, because I feel like you're going to wind up, you know, a cabin boy on a pirate ship someday.
1: If it's run by Tim Curry, I'm fine with that. Um, just a funny note about Rizzo. Um, my friend Beth, when she was pregnant, she didn't want to tell anybody the name of the baby, and because it's a uh, Jewish tradition that you don't give the baby's name until after they're born. Right. And so I nicknamed the baby Rizzo. <laughs>
0: Did it stick? Uh,
1: it did. That's what we called the baby until she was born.
0: Oh,
1: I love Let's coming see. up with nicknames for people's babies. So, um, uh, another friend of mine, uh, his twins were Hall and Oates.
0: That's amazing until,
1: until the day they were born. So, on. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep, Rizzo. Rizzo. Yep. Honestly, I could have picked any song from Muppet Treasure Island. Um, it was really it came down to between this and professional pirate Mm. which tim curry sings
0: (laughs) yeah i i i feel like i could have chosen that one but the next song on our list i chose and it's i I couldn't help myself i loved cabin fever (laughs) i really loved it Uh, so let's go to a clip of that i got cabin fever it's burning in my I got a cabin fever, it's driving me insane. We got cabin fever with are
1: flipping our bandanas Been stuck at sea so long
0: that we have simply got bananas We got cabin fever.
1: This is the official song of 2020.
0: <laughs> and most of 2021.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> I, I, I just I think I love this because this it goes back to that Muppet mode of like just let's put on a show and it doesn't yeah you know nothing is too big nothing is too broad let's just entertain you and this song goes through like six or seven different musical styles in the span of like three minutes
1: yeah and it's that big Muppet set piece where you get to see a bunch of Muppets who were made just for this scene um you know Muppets you don't normally see in the rest of the show Uh, You see Gonzo and Kermit and everybody else briefly, but they don't sing.
0: Yeah. And you also see some of the human pirates suddenly transported into these wild, uh, like, Calypso (laughs) costumes, just dancing along like crazy. It's Mm -hmm. it's fantastic. (laughs) But yeah, they go from, like, Calypso to country to reggae to samba to there's probably some that I'm forgetting. There's
1: a little opera in there.
0: Yep. Yep. Oh, I'm... Uh, dead <laughs> Dead Jim makes an appearance and sings a line. Uh, I think yes. so. Yeah. Yep. It's just, it's everything I love about the Muppets in in one song. It's just. And,
1: and it has more of that uh, fourth wall breaking that I like. Um, even as a kid, I love the line. I'd like to get my hands on whoever wrote this script.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> and again, that they're, they're very present to, that this is, this is the Muppets telling Treasure Island, which I think keeps in the spirit of things like the great Muppet caper or Muppets take Manhattan that they, they, these are characters with their own lives who are putting on this performance for you, which I, I I love.
0: Yeah. Like the meta story of the Muppets being just like, they're constantly putting on a show. Yeah. It's great. And they, they kind of, they kind of ruin it, kind of not ruin it with the sequel Muppets from space where it's basically just the Muppets doing close encounters (laughs) <laughs> but also, like, it's a real story about Gonzo trying to figure out where he came from.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: you know, some people don't like that, like like it for that reason. But, you know, it, it worked on me. Oh, yeah. So. Now, we have to come to the, the thrilling conclusion of our, our tour through the Muppets history tonight. Yes, indeed. And Libby, you picked a song from the new era of Muppet movies, which we were a little... Was a little contentious because I almost included one myself and then decided uh, I'd better not.
1: So, and now why didn't you?
0: I was going to pick Life's a Happy song from the beginning of 2011's Muppets, The Muppets. But then I re listened to the song and re watched it and realized that none of the Muppets actually appear in the song. And also, it's the best song in the movie. There's a problem there. Maybe the movie's not as good as I remember. So I just said, I'm just going to leave that one alone. <laughs> but also, um, we're going to have to talk about Walter now. Oh, God. Because that's the movie that introduced Walter as like the new Muppet character.
1: I didn't see the 2011 Muppet movie because I thought, fuck this. Frank Oz isn't in it. I'm out. Um, but I was lured into uh, Muppets Most Wanted by the presence of Tina Fey. Mm-hmm. because I love her and I've seen plenty of garbage she's in uh, so I thought what's one more piece of garbage and from the moment this song started I was in love and that's the opening number we're doing a sequel let's go to a clip <laughs> strike up the band we're
0: doing a sequel that's what we do in Hollywood and everybody knows that the sequel's never quite as good a sequel
1: another feature attraction Places, please light the lights, roll camera, action.
0: I thought it was the end, but
1: oh, my friends, this is when we get to do it all again. Do it all again until the credits roll. We gotta go to show that we can do it all again. This is uh written by Brett McKenzie of mm-hmm. Flight of the Concords, and I cannot think of another song from the Muppets that gives me goosebumps when it goes into that chorus. I get chills. I don't know what it is about that particular chord progression, but I feel it. Yeah.
0: It's like, it's, it's kind of like, Hey, a movie, but it just, it just goes further and deeper Mm -hmm. into that kind of that, that let's put on a show mode. And I I love that because they really, go for it, and they really sell it hard.
1: Yeah, and um, it's funny, it's self-deprecating, all the Muppets are in it. Mm-hmm. Except Walter, I don't think he sings.
0: He's Fuck at the start Walter. of it, and then he disappears, because I think even they, like at this point, rightly realize Walter kind of sucks.
1: I don't know why I hate Walter as much as I do, except that he's a little narc, and I hate him.
0: I... I... <laughs> I've, I've realized, never hated
1: a puppet as much as I hate Walter. Like, I hate him.
0: I realized why I hate Walter this week.
1: <laughs> why?
0: I'll explain it to you. So the problem with Walter is the same problem that Chuck Jones had with Space Jam, oh, God. which is that Bugs Bunny is a cartoon. He does not need Michael Jordan's help to beat aliens at basketball, and it should not take him 90 minutes to do it. Walter is a Muppet. He should have no reason to waffle over whether or not he should join the Muppets. He's a Muppet. Just leave it alone. We didn't have to have a whole movie about that.
1: That's fair. Because Walter um, sucks. Also, Jason Segel is the lesser Jason in Hollywood. Everyone knows that Jason Statham is the better Jason.
0: I mean, Jason Voorhees is right on. Oh, oh no. shit.
1: Different Jason. Okay. But no, but going back to, um, we're doing a sequel. Um, and or really, um, Muppets Most Wanted, This has one of the most solid soundtracks, and I think it's kind of underrated, but I could have picked any song on here. Uh, The Big House, which Tina Fey sings, was a contender. I didn't go with it because there aren't any Muppets in it. Uh, I could have gone with the Interrogation song with Ty Burrell and Sam the Eagle. Uh, Constantine's song, Cockatoo in Malibu,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: sounds like if Chromio wrote a song for the Muppets. (laughs) And I think the reason I want to give this one so much love is because none of these were nominated for an Oscar, let alone won an Oscar, like Man or Muppet from 2011's The Muppets did. That won an Oscar. The label Connection didn't win an Oscar.
0: The literal worst Muppet <laughs> song won an Oscar. That, that song is, That song is worse than Walter. <laughs>
1: I went and listened to it because I'm like well it won an Oscar and the Muppets are great and I was like no this is the worst song I've ever heard in my life I hate it
0: and also like I went and looked at like the Oscar shortlist that year there were very few songs even there, there was two songs nominated because there were very few songs even submitted <laughs> like the field that year was very very low
1: is Walter someone's like holding someone's family hostage like why <laughs> he's a bad Muppet
0: he's a bad Muppet with a black with no soul and a black heart
1: <laughs> But no, if you haven't seen Muppets Most Wanted, or haven't seen it in a while, go back. It's truly delightful, and Constantine is a hilarious take on Carmen. Uh, also, I'm... it's got Ray Liotta in it.
0: I noticed that in the in it's the got... the Big House number, like Ray Liotta is just in the background dancing. He has nothing yes! to do.
1: Ray fucking Liotta.
0: It's like, is it Ray Liotta? Oh my god, it is.
1: And Danny. Uh, Danny Trejo's in it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Josh Groban actually sings on uh, in the big house. Oh, wow. Yeah. He has a couple lines. It's great.
0: The only reason I never actually got around to this one, like, when it came out, I tried to rent it. And this was, like, the early days of, like, streaming rentals. And my TV glitched out 10 minutes in, and I never went back to it. Oh. Because, I was like, all right, fine. If the TV doesn't want to download it, I'm just going to not watch it.
1: No. Go watch it tonight. I might it's so good I might I had forgotten about it for a while and I think I like binged too hard on it Mm -hmm. but now I want to go watch it it's on Disney plus isn't it it is motherfucker
0: the only two uh the only two that are not on Disney plus are Muppets from Space and Muppets Take Manhattan
1: well that seems rude
0: it's it's weird right yeah everything else is there
1: no. I think that we need reissues of things like Muppet Treasure Island, uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, Muppets Most Wanted. They need to be on vinyl. I don't know why they aren't.
0: They should be they really should be like
1: yeah there's they'd make so much do people not like money is that it?
0: I mean if you listen to people like Jason Siegel, nobody likes the Muppets anymore. That's what that movie was about right? No one Fuck likes Jason the Muppets Siegel. anymore.
1: Well, nobody likes Jason Siegel anymore.
0: I, I'm super down on that movie now. But I remember when it came out, I loved it. And like that that's what ten years has done to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've become a more bitter person or if that movie is actually not good. The world may never know.
1: Yeah. But Well, it has Walter in it, so it can't be good.
0: Yeah, no. I mean it no, was go it watch was, The Muppets was the that movie was the start of like Disney regurgitating shit from our childhoods and saying, Hey, you love this, right?
1: Yeah. Let's make it bad. Oh, God. No. I know we've been sort of mean to the Muppets I no. don't mean to be No Kermit we would never do this to you We're very sorry It's just we don't like Walter
0: <laughs> He's bad and you're bad for having him
1: No <laughs> say that about Kermit Kermit should honestly be the president
0: I would yeah I'd be okay with that you vote Remember,
1: for Kermit as president right?
0: I'd vote for Kermit as president Remember that, that campaign a few years ago Where they kept trying to get the, the Muppets to host the Oscars
1: I still think the Muppets should host the Oscars They totally
0: should host the Oscars it would get people to watch the Oscars. That's for damn sure.
1: Yeah, exactly. They could make up for not giving. We're doing a sequel, an Oscar.
0: Of course, an honorary Oscar.
1: <laughs> so, uh,
0: yikes! We, why we can't we, have we,
1: nice things? We're so angry. We're, we're angry so, about the
0: Muppets. We're so mad about the. We were, we were so uh, up on the Muppets earlier, just thirty minutes ago, and now we're just mad at everything.
1: <laughs> no, we're mad. I, we're mad at
0: everything because the Muppets uh they're gone again you know there's no there's no good new muppets in our lives to keep us happy
1: yeah and we deserve more muppets and i think 2021 should be or 2022 i guess by now should be the resurgence of the muppets we need them to come back and save us because god knows we need the muppets right now
0: give frank oz the muppets again damn it yes
1: yes please (laughs) oh
0: we need frank oz in this world yes wow so, so yeah everybody that was the muppets <laughs> everything is terrible now and the only thing that can save us is the muppets
1: yeah we're gonna get back there someday we will <laughs> so what are we doing next time
0: well we're moving this podcast right along to uh the john cusack comedy gross point blank
1: Ooh, very we're nice going back With to a- our,
0: our high school reunions everybody
1: Yes, and uh, it's actually going to be a little bit of a high school reunion for me because we are going to have uh, one of my friends from high school, Mackenzie Cassidy,
0: oh, author fantastic. of Here Lies
1: a Father, is going to be our guest.
0: That's amazing. I can't wait. But yeah, that's going to be a great time. And until yeah. until then, uh, we're going to put a poll up on the Twitter, at OST Party, and you'll, you can uh, tell us who your favorite Muppet is or whatever the poll winds up being. And if you want to email us anything, from requests to questions or comments, send those to ostpartypod at gmail.com. Uh, you know, give us a, a like and a and a, a review on whatever podcatcher you're using the, to listen to this show. It helps people know that this is actually a show that exists and is worth listening to, and we appreciate it. Yes, we do. And finally, I guess, uh, Libby, where can our listeners find you on the internets?
1: You can find me on Twitter, at Libby Cudmore. You can find me on Instagram, at record underscore Saturday. Or you can find me... Uh, Not for much longer, though, on the Shattered Shield podcast. We're winding that one down. Joe, where can they find you?
0: You can find me on Instagram or Twitter, at Cordial Wombat, or you can hear me yell about Christmas movies all year round on the Christmas Creeps podcast, where we just recorded uh, a tribute episode to the late, great Ed Asner. Uh, May he rest in peace.
1: Tribute. Tribute loosely.
0: Yeah, that's one way to put it. (laughs) That'll do it for the OST Party, folks. So for the OST Party, I'm Joseph Wade.
1: And I'm Libby Cudmore.
0: Buy the ticket.
1: Take the ride.
0: Here we go. Move and ride on.